It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, December 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wishes the Flyers could have used the force to get some of those pucks in the net. Wow, the force. They could use that. Yeah, well, they tried, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about that game versus the Caps. Plus, we've, we're going to look at some trends and talk about prospect Ethan Sampson on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with the latest episodes and Flyers news. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, that game is so frustrating because that's a winnable game right there. And, And it's like one of those games where it was just one mistake really that killed them and that was just so difficult to experience because the caps were not playing well at all in that game no they they weren't um and carter played well the issue i'm gonna say the issue for me is we this is something that goes back to when they hired torts and we were like you know there are gonna be some guys that fit in the system and some guys that have a harder time fitting in and travis sanheim is having a hard time fitting in and that was just, you know, a play where you got to tie that guy. You got to tie up Strom when he's in the crease so he can't deflect the puck in. I get it. The deflection is not Carter Hart's fault. It's the defenseman's fault. But at the end of the day here, you know, I've been having discussions with people, and it's still – I would say this. Just because Travis Anheim has a contract doesn't mean he won't be traded. You know, Cam York could take his spot someday, and if he's a part of a bigger deal, it could happen. And it's just – and it might happen only because John Tortorella may – never sign off on him. Like as even the other day when Sanheim had a good offensive game, the coach was still hesitant and like, he's like, yeah, but so that's just something to watch as far as this game. Yeah. This is again, you can't blame it on injury. You could blame it on that play. Also, you could blame it on the six on five. It was brutal. Like that's when, you know, you, you've got to take advantage of having the extra guy. And now when I blame on JVR, like it's, what do you have his back turned? I mean, I'm not sure what happened when they tried to get the puck to him, but it went right back the other way. And then things just never got settled after that. Yeah. Let's talk about that six on five, because the other day, uh, the days blend together. So it could have been (laughs) yesterday. It could have been a week ago, but, but the, we were talking about how the flyers turtle, at the end of games defensively when they're trying to protect a lead and they're the five of the six on a five, right? But then when they're the six, they also have problems that they can't get a solid play together. And just like the PK has actually been pretty good, they can't replicate that when it's six on five and they're the five and they can't replicate what they do well on the power play when they're the six of the six on five. And to me, that's something that really, they need to focus on that. They do. Um, I, I think that's something that you can practice. I think that's something about, you know, now that you're healthier, you should be able to have, you know, the right guys out 
for that shift. You know, there really is no excuse for it. And yeah, it's just, that's what did him in, you know, like Ovechkin, that's the easiest goal he'll get of his, when he hits 800, he's going to be like, thanks flyers. That one was easy on the way up. I think, you know, JVR was okay in his return. Obviously he had that, you know, one difficult play at the end of the game, but uh, that led to the empty netter, but you know, being on power play too, he got some limited time there. He's still getting, you know, his sea legs back. So I wasn't expecting huge things from him, but at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on how he progresses coming back from that injury. But again, you know, that's, that's no excuse in this game. Cause I would say like, other than taking too many penalties, well, that was a big because, thing. It's just, you yeah. know, that can take a starch out of the team too, because I don't know, it was like penalty, 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 penalty. It's like, you know, that was in my uh, game story the other night. My five things was just too many penalties. And that was a couple of games yeah. ago. They haven't fixed that yet. Yeah, I think that was a huge part of it where they just couldn't really get any momentum going in the first because of all of that time on the penalty kill. Even though the penalty kill looked good mm-hmm. for for most of the time, you still like get fewer opportunities, obviously, when you're you're down a guy. And I would say, just like I said in the intro, man, they just their shot, shot accuracy was awful in this game and they had so many chances and some really good plays, honestly, that just went nowhere because somebody shot wide, whether it's Konechny or Tippett or Hayes. There, it, it wasn't really like anyone that you could blame it on. It was team wide that they were missing the net completely. And, and let's, you know, not let's also point out Charlie Lindgren was in net. It wasn't even Darcy Kemper. Mm-hmm. So there's your opportunity to really, you know, get some goals, you know, against a goalie that's, you know, okay. I mean, again, it's just you look at the penalties, tripping, tripping, tripping. It's like those are lazy penalties. You know, the McEwen one may be more of a mistake because he did get his stick in between the blades. That does happen sometimes. I get it. He was at least forechecking on that. I won't kill him. But, you know, these kinds of penalties have to stop. I mean, again, that you have to look squarely at the player and say, what are you doing? Uh, You know, face-offs, Lawton was good, but, you know, Hayes wasn't. Frost was. So it was a mixed bag on that. Uh, you know, again, in the most meaningless stat in the game, Philly had 33 hits. Big whoop. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. That was a no, it did not mean anything. Now they had 22 blocks, which I do think meant something for a while. No, that did. It did. Well, that had to do with them being on the penalty kill that whole time early in the game, right? Because you could see they were blocking shots right and left to get through them. Yeah, the interesting thing is, you know, at this point in time, I could see the Flyers putting a lot of their good scorers on the penalty kill just to give them that time because if they're going to have that many penalties, you might as well have guys out there that might be able to score a goal because otherwise their ice time gets cut down a lot. Like, you know, Farabee had 13 minutes because he doesn't penalty kill. So, you know, that's something, you know, in this game, Owen Tippett registers three shots, doesn't get a goal. Farabee registers two shots, doesn't get a goal. Uh, Cates doesn't have a shot on net. Uh, D'Angelo, one shot on net. He did get an assist. Okay. Um, but this team for goals, it's, you know, it's for hunger, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I wrote in my notes as we were watching the game, I was like, these guys need to practice shooting at targets while someone throws marshmallows at them because I like it. I think, you know, that's like a little bit of a distraction for the action going on around them to try and like, you know, get something on target, get something in the corner, get something, you know, in that tight space in between the goaltender and the post. You know, I, I think that that was just for me the biggest part of this game because they easily easily could have won um you know again you said carter hart played well i think he did too you know nothing you can really say there because it wasn't his fault and i just wish they would win for him sometimes yeah i i agree i mean you know sandheim was a minus three that's that's awful but you know again kevin hayes gets a goal great and then he's a minus two. I think that's going to put him at like minus 11 for the year. So he's going to have like a great point yeah. year and he's going to be like minus 30 or something if this keeps up. It's like it's such a mixed bag. Yeah, I, I will say, though, his chance uh, toward the end of the game in that uh, delayed uh, delay yeah, of game yeah. penalty that the Caps had, he had one really good chance that he was completely robbed. So I want to give him credit for that. credit for that. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, man. Well, you know, the Flyers have been up and down recently and certainly we're far enough that there are some trends we can talk about and we are going to do that next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course the NHL, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can run those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, the Flyers are going to be playing some tough games coming up. You know, this does not let up. I think the Caps were probably the biggest chance they had to get a win in this stretch of games. And so, you know, just kind of looking at where we are overall, uh, I think that, you know, in terms of the things that are trending well, I think we have the power play that's trending well, you know, they're, they're getting some goals in, and I think they're getting good puck movement. It looks organized. It looks functional. It's not just haphazard. So I, I think for me, that's the biggest thing that's trending. Well, uh, the penalty kills trending well too. I mean, you know, special teams have been better lately. That's my trending. Well, <laughs> I hate to ask, what do you think is trending in the wrong direction? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, even on the broadcast, when they say, well, the Flyers are trying to win two in a row, and they, I think they gave a date. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's hard to get um, behind that. What's not trending well is the six on five for sure. Uh, what's not trending well is guys just, I think, playing smarter. Uh, I think that. You know, this isn't a game where there was a ton of mistakes, but there was just enough to cause problems. And again, the 
Torts left him out there at the end on purpose when it was 3-1 just so they would either get something on net in the 6-on-5 or fail and have the goal go against them. And that is punishment. And this is not mm-hmm. the first time this has happened this year. It's the second or the third time. So, you you know, you would think the players would kind of respond to that. So the 6-on-5 is definitely the worst thing that's not trending. But the other thing is just you got to play a full 60. It's cliche, but it's true. I would agree with you there. You know, as far as things trending in the wrong direction for me, yeah, it's partially like the the shooting. The shooting has to get yes. better. And you know, we talked about that in the first segment with this game in particular against Washington, but it's been, you know, in multiple games where they just haven't had the shot accuracy like when they get two on ones and they just can't finish the play. And uh, you know, it's not just good goaltending on the no. other end. It's like you really have to take your shot and pick your moments better. And I think overall they could be doing that a lot better. Um, you know, other things, uh, I think that the forwards need to get better engaged defensively to create the breakout. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I still don't think that they've got it down in a, in the best way possible, that the forwards have to be there to support the defense in order to get clean breakouts to get those opportunities in the first place. So I would like to see them still get a little bit better on that front too. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a, um, a big deal. So the Capitals this year have allowed 30.39 shots per game against and the Flyers had 30. To me, the message, and we don't know, maybe the coach didn't say this, but the message should have been, they give up a lot of shots. Let's make sure we make the most of these shots and make them good scoring chances. And that and that didn't happen. But this is a team that gives up a lot of shots. Like, that's the point. That's why it was a mm-hmm. winnable game. Because, you know, it's not like a team that's only going to give up 20, 22 shots. Like, I get it. Then it's like you're a little limited. You could look at the analytics on this and say, oh, you're going to get a lot of chances this game. And they did. Right. And remember, Ovechkin got a got a post too, you know, crossbar while the game was two mm-hmm. to one, I think. That was fortunate. What if that went in? Yeah, that is a really good point. Um, as far as like individual players in terms of who's doing well in this system and is trending down versus trending up in terms of of how they're playing within the torts framework in the torts framework trending down is travis sandheim for sure uh i worry about him a little bit now because it's just not um doing great i think ivan Provorov's starting to trend down again not minutes wise or anything but i just think results wise which you know i just think right now it's a it's a bad moment for him I don't think he's having a bad season. Um, I think it's trending down a little bit for Scott Lawton, too. I don't know. I mean, he had that good game against Colorado, but he he was better before the injury. I don't expect him to score a lot of points, but I don't think he's been as impactful. I, I would say that as well. He was definitely on my list, that he got off to a really good start this season. That's why he was wearing the yep. A. And uh, it just feels like he hasn't been that guy since the injury and that um, 
you know, I, I maybe there were too high expectations on yeah. him, but but at the same time, he just really hasn't had a chance to deliver on what he does best. And I think it's partially usage in this system, but I also think it's partially him that, you know, when he's out there, he does have such good vision. And because the breakout has been such a mess, he hasn't been able to do those little things at center ice that he does well in order to contribute better. Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, that was the main guy. I think you're right about Sanheim to some degree. I think it's a surprise to me that Sanheim isn't fitting in. It's a to surprise to as me. well I'm, as I I'm thought. I'm not going to lie about that. And maybe things. Yeah. Get I just, he, he would not have been on my no. list of guys that would not do well <laughs> before the season. No. And, and you know, and if we're going to do the trending up now, um, Risto is on the mm-hmm. trending up. Like he's getting it. He's yeah. doing really well. Yeah. He's, he, I don't care if he doesn't have a point the whole year. You don't really have him for points. You have him for physical play and playing defense, and he's doing that. And so I think he's and, – and Morgan Frost is trending up because he – even when he's not doing anything offensively to be impactful, he's playing well away from the puck. He's doing well on faceoffs. He's, in, he's out there, you know, in good chances, playing center. He's trending up. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's – Especially in this game, it's hard to find guys that are trending up. But just overall, I feel like he isn't connected. He's trending up. I mean, for the most part, yeah. he's had a really good year. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. Uh, definitely, my guy would have been Morgan Frost on, on my li- top on my list of trending up because he had it really rough for a while yeah. and he was getting personally called out. And, you know, he still is to some degree. But I think that uh, he has played his game well and i think he's you know doing the work especially in the corners i would say to try and make things happen and you cannot deny that his effort is there and he, he's doing the things you know when you ask Taurus or he's asked you know what morgan frost needs to do he's doing yes. those things now yeah no question and so he's directly responding to what he's being asked to do and and being generally good at it so, you know, while again, while the points aren't there, I would say that the effort and the actual mechanics of his play is in a good spot right mm-hmm. now. Yep, yeah, I agree. So if there was one thing that you would tell Torres to work on with this team heading into the road trip, what would it be? If there was one thing to work on, uh, yeah, I think it's the six on five because I think they're going to be in that situation a lot coming up. And I think um, you could give a better effort with that. And if you give a better effort with that, you might win a game or two here, there, you you know, here and there, because you don't want morale to get too low. So I think that's honestly, that's the biggest thing. On both sides of it, <laughs> the six and the five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you have made a good point, but mainly on the six, but yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I I think, you know, that's obviously a good one. I think I would try and reintegrate JVR into the top power play for a little bit. I know they like that top unit, but I just feel like he has this mental thing that if he's on the first unit, he's more successful Uh than when he's on the second unit. And I know he's just coming back, so it might just take time before he's able to do it. But I would see if there's a way to to do that, because I I just yeah, I really think there's something there that when he's on the first unit, he plays a lot better in that net front position. But uh, yeah, 
I, I, I think that's it for me. But uh, we've got a prospect to talk about coming up next, and that is Ethan Sampson. Russ, we wanted to talk about Ethan Sampson today because he recently was selected to the uh, camp tryout roster for Team Canada for their World Juniors team. And, uh, you know, there's a question of whether or not he can actually make the final cut for that team, but it's still a pretty good accomplishment to get that camp invite and get the notice because especially because he's playing in the WHL, he's on Prince George, and uh, he has, you know, really progressed nicely, I'd say. Uh, If you recall, he was the sixth round pick in 2021. And so for a sixth round pick to get a Team Canada invite, you know, that's pretty, pretty good company. It is. I I think if you were forward, it'd be a lot harder. I think defense is a place where there's some opportunity um, with Team Canada, but still not a great opportunity. But again, just being named. Uh, look, I mean, one thing I was able to look up because the CHL and you know, as a whole and the WHL, they they hide their minutes. But luckily, uh, because of Instat, because I'm subscribed, they um, they show how many minutes a player's playing. Because again, it shouldn't be a trade secret. He's playing 28 minutes a game. Average. Oh my god! But you know that happens. Oh my god! But that happens a lot in juniors. Like if you have a good, steady it's defenseman, true. they will load them up. Like that's that's what they do. So that's one reason why they're looking at him. Uh, he is a really good puck distributor on the power play. I'm not sure they're going to have him for that because just the power play is going to have so many guys. Uh, his wrist shot's been real good. He is a guy that five on five can get some two on ones going, and and he's pretty gifted with that. Uh, I think that um, his speed, We I started to talk about it at development camp, and it really is better. And, you know, they I think they've made a tweak or two, and his straight-line speed is really good. So I think between the speed, the size, and the minutes, you know, the offense is going to be there for Canada. But those other things are important because, you know, you got a guy who you could load minutes onto, Invite him in because you never know if there's going to be an injury or if all of a sudden he just looks that good in camp where you're like, all right, you know what? Yeah, we're going to we're going to take him. So, yeah, he's he's done everything you want to do. And I think he's a guy that really improved since dev camp, too. Yeah. And, you know, he had a really good season last season. I think that's where, you know, his first season post draft really took a huge step forward, getting 43 points in 68 games. And that's that's pretty good for a defenseman. It is, but say. we know the dub, you know, tends to have higher point yeah. totals. Like we we know that too. Sure. But it is a good year. Hey, I'm not gonna take it away from him. Yeah, and this year he's off to a really good start, six goals and 13 assists in 23 games. And, you know, he is a huge part of that team and, you know, is the captain for the Cougars this year. And that says a lot about him from a leadership perspective. And, you know, for Team Canada, you can't have too many leaders in the room there. And the same thing for the Flyers. Like somebody with that kind of experience on your decor, I think is a really good thing to have. Yeah, this is why I always say, um, and it's really not a cliche, no matter where you get drafted, no matter what round, you can make it to the NHL. It's a lot about you and it's a lot about the team's player development and whatever team you're playing for before you get to the Flyers. All those things matter. And so a six-round pick is a six-round pick and the odds are very great that you're not going to make the NHL. But again, 
the player doesn't have to believe that. And so that's where a lot of times these guys overcome the odds. So, you know, the good organizations don't care if you're a first rounder or a seventh rounder. They treat everybody the same. They want everybody else to be in the same pond. They want everybody else to get out of the pond and get a small pond to get into the bigger pond. And, you know, right now he's on pace for that. And that's, that's what you want. I know I used like 12 cliches in that, but I had to. (laughs) That's okay. I am guilty of that myself. I think, yeah, this is a good shot for him again, even if he doesn't make team Canada to make an impression and there's going to be a lot of eyes on him and it's a big pressure situation. And so just seeing how he handles that, I think is a, is a huge deal. For him and like a really pivotal moment and you know it, it could lead to him getting you know more of an eye on him from the player development people and then that leads to an advantage at dev camp next year like all of this flows into each other and i i think for ethan you know this this is a big moment for him yeah another thing that um could help him is you know his goalie there ty brennan was also invited and that's something where sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if a goalie really is comfortable with a certain defenseman on the ice, like like a Samson, that could really bode well if a coach picks up on that. So, and Brendan's really good. I've I've written about him for elite prospects and such, um, even before his draft year. So that's something where that could work in his favor too. So yeah, he's got a few things going for him. It's you know the odds are against him, but just hey, go have a good camp, have a good time. But uh, you know, Flyers fans should know that. Uh, he is a, a guy that's right now a little ahead of schedule, and that's it. I'm not going to project what he might be or what he's going to do yet. It's a little early, but at least, you know, he's looking good. I'm assuming he'll get a contract next off season, yeah. but uh, what do you No, think? he should. I mean, there's no reason at this point, based on these two years, goes into dev camp, as long as he shows up, does well, they should give him a contract. I think so, too. I am very much looking forward to seeing how he does at Team Canada camp and for the rest of the year in the WHL. And uh, he's definitely a potential future flyer, I think, at at this point, you could say. Uh, There's a lot more potential now than there maybe was when he first got drafted. Yeah, unfortunately, he's a little bit of a late birthday, so he won't turn 20 until August. So you can't have him play in the AHL like at the end of the year. But that's all right. You know, right. I'm coming to dev camp, ready to roll. Exactly. I want to wrap things up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, in the intro, I alluded to Star Wars and using the forest because it was Star Wars night at the Flyers game. And uh, man, Mio does it again. Uh, they were, do such amazing illustrations for hockey. We've used their stuff before mm-hmm. and... This one is no different. Finally getting to do something for the Flyers, considering that her Twitter handle is Flyers Switch. Yeah, this is great. I love it. I don't know if Chewbacca would be smiling at Gritty. (laughs) I think Chewbacca might growl at Gritty, but it's okay. It's an artist rendition. I'm not going to kill her on it. Well, the word bubble says R, so it is growling. (laughs) It looks a little smiley, but it does say R, so that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow, uh, the road trip to Vegas and Arizona. 
is looming. So we have a lot to talk about there. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.